0: Okay, welcome back to the newest episode of Shooting the Breeze with Jim. This episode is pretty special for a couple of reasons. First off, we're in Mexico to celebrate John and Lauren's wedding, Um, and I've known both of them for 15 plus years, and to be together on a beach for five days with a bunch of people you grew up with um, and still uh, have a relationship with, I think there's a lot of... I guess sentimental moments just looking back on how many good times everybody's had together and continue to you know have new ones and just kind of makes you realize how, how special it is to have friends that close so uh, I'm gonna start off a little sentimental um, in addition to that it was my 29th birthday the day that I filmed this podcast or filmed uh, recorded the podcast so that was pretty uh, that was cool to spend a birthday Two hours, which you'll learn, uh, of my birthday was spent with Joe Fernandez talking about his life and his downfall and his climb back up. Um, and then, I guess lastly, there was a point about two years ago when I was, you know, messing around doing the podcast. And I did throw it out because Joe was going through a lot of shit and had gone through a lot of shit at that time. Um, and I joked and just said, oh, it would be so funny if I could get Joe on. Um Granted, he had been vanished off the face of the earth for probably three years at that point, and nobody had heard or seen from him, Um, heard from him or seen him, and for him to kind of come back into everybody's life about a year ago um, as a completely new person, uh, Mexico seemed like that right opportunity for me to sit down with him and truly uh, understand what the hell was going on with him and where he was in that it's anywhere between a i would say 4 to 5 year period where his life was just complete shit and he was addicted to drugs he was selling drugs he was a con artist he was kind of doing it all and now he's been recovered for 3 years and has really changed his life so i'm happy at that i'm happy for him that he's uh the person he is today and working on getting better and seems to be on a road to redemption so that was what we'll uh, we'll cover. Like I said, this was two hours, so I'm going to be releasing this in two separate parts. Um, I'll probably do 45 minutes and then an hour and 15 minutes just because I think it's a little too long to do everything at once. Um, and I need additional exposure from my fans. So I'm doing this in two parts. As always, we'll be brought to you by the Old City Public House in Ronkonkoma. Stop in and visit my father. The French dip king of Long Island, just extra gym. Um, And lastly, what I'll say about the quality of this, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to record this outside and truly shoot the breeze fashion. But what I didn't realize is that there was there's pelicans in Mexico And there are kids playing in the pool, and you can hear a lot of background noise. I did my best to limit it, but it's not great, and the quality is what it is. So I'm just warning you. I feel bad that it's so loud, but that's what you're going to have to deal with. Sorry, guys Um, and gals. uh, Again, go stop into the Old City Public House in Ronkonkoma. Get yourself a French dip. Say hello to Big Jim, and I will see you back in another week. I'll, I'll release part two of this probably next Saturday or Sunday. So, enjoy yourselves. So we just got to talk probably a little control. loud. <laughs> <laughs> I can I could see you wanting creative control if
1: you ever oh, a, if you I ever can. produce something. I that's can a trade of mine, bro. I want you want King Baby Syndrome? I need everything I need. What's control. it called? King Baby Syndrome. King Baby. I have the highest <laughs> ego in the world with the lowest self esteem in the world. How did how did that get addressed?
0: through <laughs> hours and hours of counseling <laughs> <laughs> and well, state mandated counseling yeah literally state <laughs> mandated alright so you've been on a roller coaster oh, god, of a lot of, what would you say your first 26 years were just out of control and then it's, you've seen some stability
1: in the last 3 years it's 3 almost 4 years almost yeah. 4 uh, 20, first 26 years were out of control Where I guess what was you know growing
0: up you grew up in Sable, always, right?
1: Yes. Well, well, I mean, I my first, I went to kindergarten in Kenectwad, and then my parents, you know, they got divorced. What, how old were you when they got divorced? Uh, I guess how old are you when you go to kindergarten? Seven, five? 5 5 Somewhere maybe you were 7? So, yeah, you never know, you know. <laughs> I have been known to, to be fucking not folksmore.
0: <laughs> what how what was that like when you were 5 years old and your parents
1: got divorced? Um I mean, obviously, you know, I didn't really understand the concept of it. All that I really understood was that I was getting more Christmas presents during Christmas, more birthday presents because I got presents for my mom and my dad. So that's how I that was like,
0: like the that was the initial. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's realized. get these
1: people, let's get more people separated so I get more presents. You know what I mean? How long were they together? Um, so my brother is 34, 35, So I guess twenty. So probably like what fourteen years. Okay, they were together for 14 years? Yeah, they were together for a long time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know why they got divorced? Well, my mom, she she's... I mean, I guess she still is an active alcoholic. You know, she drinks, but not to the level of where she used to. But yeah, she was, she was an alcoholic, a troublemaker, and, you know, my dad just couldn't deal with it. And I don't blame him, because I know exactly how she was like as well, so, you know.
0: What, uh... Was your dad... Did your dad have any
1: problems like that? Oh, uh, I mean, he smoked weed. He definitely sold drugs, too. But... Nothing to like the level of her. I mean, as far as addiction, I mean, if you want to count smoking sort of weed as being an addict, which I guess technically you do, then yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in my definition, then no. Was,
0: did you know when you were that young that he was
1: like selling drugs? Yes. Uh, I think I could probably say like not that young, but 10, 11 years old, yes. How did you find out? I just knew the smell of weed and you know, a lot of cash around the house. And I mean, I've seen like drugs. Like, more than just weed, coke, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, when I was super young. what like super young? 9, 10, 11 years old, you know. And I, I didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but I saw it, and then, you know, years later, not years, but like probably like 6, 7 years later, you started to... I started to, you know, know it for myself, and then I was like, wow, it all clicked in my head. Did that change the view of your parents, Well, you know, you know, you try to, you emulate your parents, you, you know, and yeah I obviously didn't think there was much wrong with it uh-huh. you know it's like your your dad owned restaurants yeah it was normal. you know go <laughs> it's normal let's go let's own a restaurant and yeah. yeah you know so I sell drugs like you know yeah it's all right. that was yeah that was just your normal yeah so that was you know, normal for me
0: did that have anything to do with why they got divorced
1: uh no I think my mom was pretty okay with it I really do you know she had everything she wanted she had money but she was yeah. okay with it. But, you know, I could be wrong. This is just my perception of it. Uh huh. I, d- I doubt it because she always loved my dad until the day he died. Uh huh. You know, and she wanted to be back together. Your dad initiated the divorce? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I guess, on that, you know, with that
1: information, did your mom take it really hard, the divorce? Um, from what I remember, I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess so. She never really, it was never really, um,. You know, like front, like she's pretty strong, like you know, facade, and you know everything's all right. But you know, I know that she was hurting from it, uh-huh. and even though she's you know crazy drunk back then, and you know it still hurts to see her upset and pretending she's not. Upset. Do you think it impacted the way that she raised you and your siblings? Um, I do because it's like there's always a good guy and a bad guy when parents get divorced, and you know one or the other always wants to be the good guy. So I got away with a hell of a lot more. You know, I was pretty much able to do what I want, play one against each other. You know, when I was in trouble with my mom, I'd go to my dad's and vice versa. Who did you live with? I lived with my mom until I was like 14 years old, and then I just couldn't deal with her anymore, so I moved with my dad. They both lived in Sable, so. What was the breaking point with you and your mom? Um, I knew I can get away with a lot more at my dad's. You know, because he really, he was he was either out or working, whatever. And my mom, she just, like I said, she definitely was like a, a bad alcoholic back then. But it, was, it wasn't like the type of alcoholic that you think, like waking up in the morning and drinking. Like it was, you know, it's functioning alcoholic. She'd get yeah. up, go to work, do everything she got to do, everything would be awesome. And then come like six, seven o'clock at night, it's like, it's literally a total transformation. You put one drink in her, and that's uh-huh. it. It's like n- nasty as fuck. For no reason. Oh, she was mean. She was yeah, like mean not drunk. a happy drunk. You know right. what I mean? Like, anytime I ever gigged, I was always like, yeah. life in the party. Uh-huh. I felt like it was. That was probably Cisco, <laughs> That was your perception. Yeah, you know, it was the best. Well, my
0: recollection of you fucked up was a lot better when you were drunk than you were on other things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree with
0: that. Um, so, I guess, like, your formative years, more or less, of becoming an adult it sounds like you were living at your dad's you know 14, Yeah, 15, yeah. 16 yeah, I, yeah. What did, I guess what were you you said you got away with more what were you getting away with at that point
1: oh you know no curfew um, drinking like he would drinking selling drugs like he just he didn't know or he just turned the other way you know what I mean because what's he gonna say to me yeah you're selling drugs well you're selling drugs so now, where are we? <laughs> like, yeah, he you kind of had that o- over him exactly.
0: What? When was the first time you drank? Uh,
1: whew, I would have to say eighth grade. Maybe. Do you remember where? No. Um, I would have to say probably
0: like Yonda Park. Yonda, with like wow. with
1: Kyle Kraus, like Teresa Booth. Okay um who else was there let us hear the
0: fucking dream Cory Rest in peace Corey whatever um yeah you said whatever were you close to Corey
1: uh yeah and you know I was friends with him I definitely was friends with him the whole situation was just shady like I never to this day know really what happened to him that was bizarre
0: he was definitely sick like he was well, I I don't want to say sick, but he was definitely an unhealthy
1: person, morbidly morbidly
0: obese. Well, he was obese, um, and he was always shaking. Yeah, Remember, I like, I
1: really think I to be honest with you, I think it was he overdosed on, on something because I know him and Doug Zagorall were together that day, and they were taking ecstasy. So, oh really? And then, you know, coupled with overweight and health issues, your heart. How close were you with Corey? You know, we we were definitely pretty close. Uh, I wouldn't say best friends, but definitely good friends. What was his situation like? I don't think he had a father figure. He lived with his mom and his grandma, brother, little, little street avenue, whatever it's called. Uh huh. And you know, he pretty much was able to do whatever he wanted, as I it was. Did a lot of uh,
0: yeah. So you guys had similar, I guess, Upbringings. Uh, Upgrading slash lack of structure.
1: Yeah. Exactly. How did you take that when he passed away? Oh, I mean, I was, I was definitely super upset, I mean, I was, I was shocked, but, you know, I didn't have any coping mechanisms, and, you know, that affected me later on down the road. Um, Do you remember how, when you found out he passed away? Uh, yeah, my dad told me, uh, I was at my house, and I was just, like, kind of shocked. How did your dad find out? I don't know, I have no idea. Um, and then, you know, I went to school. That was on, like, a Sunday. I went to school on Monday. I remember. And, yeah, I remember it was a Sunday. And uh, I had to go to, like, Miss Foster. I don't know if you know who that is. Like, a yeah, psychiatrist. Yep. And I was just like, pretty much, it is what it is. That and was what you said? That's what I said. And, like, they didn't like that. Like, they were like, oh, no, this isn't good. But that's how I was dealing with it.
0: What? Was there any follow-up steps when... When they found out, okay, was, Joe just kind of detached himself from this entire from this entire tragedy.
1: Uh, I kind of just shut it all down. I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't know what you want me to say." Fine.
0: Looking back, do you feel like that was a turning point for you?
1: Um, I never really thought about it to be honest with you.
0: I mean, it was. Pro- was it the first person that you lost in your life?
1: Yes uh, It was yeah, yeah Or the closest First yeah, person my, I think my grandma died, But you know I mean, It was That was upsetting Were you close to your grandma? I was super I was super young I mean
0: So, so not you really were, so, I didn't mean, I was, have That same type of attachment no, As no, to like one of your friends exactly, Passing
1: away Exactly Yeah uh, Was it a turning point? I mean I guess I guess it was I think it was just This first step of You know Detachment From everything How like, old were you?
0: You were probably 14 right?
1: 14 yeah Mm-hmm.
0: So you started drinking before then, so with him. But do you feel
1: like things got a little darker after that? Uh, I think my level of just not giving a fuck got got enhanced.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was there anything specific? Of like like an example of you just not giving... Clearly you didn't give a fuck that somebody died, so that's not a good start. No, exactly. And But then, like, was there other things in your life that were going on?
1: I mean, I probably started drinking more on the weekends, you know, drinking to forget, to just escape the situation, you know. But um, nothing that I could just, like, put my finger on and be like, oh, you know, this happened, so this happened.
0: Do you ever remember any times around that period where you got fucked up and then, like, all of the feelings and emotions came to a head? Specifically, just, or you were just kind of you know, I, ca- I put just, his dirt on yeah, top. of I it I kind of just
1: blocked that out. Like, yeah, dude, it's just crazy. because at that time, like, I started to get a new group of friends. Like, I was starting to realize that, like, Corey Young and Doug Zagarolo were, like, who my friends were, were kind of like dirtbags. Uh huh. And you know, I was a dirt pig. but like, I did not want to be. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's when I first started hanging out with like John, Bobby. Steve uh-huh. Gord would be there. So, if anything, it was almost like
0: you viewed it as a positive. Like, these kids were going down the wrong path, anyways.
1: Yeah. So now. Yeah. But I still continue that. Yeah, man. <laughs> <cool. laughs> yeah, just I was is crazy. Say, it's funny that, like. Every group needs you their know. rebel. <laughs> you, you
0: played that part very well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then you start hanging out with a new group. What was, I guess, what were those activities? Like, what were you guys doing? Uh, smoking weed, chilling at Bobby's house. Was that when you started to smoke weed? Or had you previously? That's, I know you were drinking earlier. I mean, I
1: would, you know, I've experimented with weed, you know, with them, but really, like, heavy smoking was started with Bobby, John. Yeah. Was that good smoking or, like, negative for you? Oh, no, it was great. Yeah. It was a great time. Like, it was, the beginning it was just. Oh, uh, yeah, the beginning, the beginning of any sort of, you know, relationship with a drug is like always awesome like that's why you continue to do it it's Like this is great like yeah
0: weed specifically has i feel like in just an effect of it's crazy how positive it could be i guess like any drug i don't know i'm just
1: going yeah, no for there's, there's a lot experience. of positives from heroin <laughs> no you're no weed is like it, it was just like it made everything more fun yeah but then if it gets to the point where it's like um you can't do anything without smoking. And that's yep. where I feel like it becomes a fucking serious issue. Yeah, I,
0: I remember that point in high school where it was like... Everything was either a pregame You were pre-gaming with drinking or with weed. Yes. Like, there was... Nothing was... done. It was so. like, let's get high before we go to the movies. Let's, you know... Get let's drink before we go to uh, Sweet 16. Let's, you know, something. get high before that. Like, it was just constantly... Yeah. I feel like at that point in our... I guess, high school careers... Yep. When was the first time you did something harder than weed?
1: I would have to say the first time was Hendy had a party, and we would get we would get coke and put it into blunts uh-huh. because you know that's what the G or rappers were doing. Yes, Woo blunts. Uh huh. So we would get it and put it in a uh, blunt and smoke it, but I guess I really did never saw a difference. But, yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I remember one night we were at Hendy's and he was having a party and. They were like, oh, let's smoke a wolf once. I called and got the Coke. And, uh, I remember who I got it from exactly. Put the money in my car. Didn't even have to meet up with them. They put the money in my car. Are you, willing,
0: I, to, are you willing to talk about who that was and how um, you knew that? I don't so think well. anybody
1: knows her. Her name is Nicole Ulbrich.
0: Okay. How did you know her?
1: From my sister. Okay. Did your sister know why you were asking for her number? I already had it. Just from selling drugs. Like, cause She would buy weed all the time. Uh-huh. So I just had her number and I was just So like, you were selling yeah. me at this point? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. When was it... When did you start selling me? I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't even... I mean, I guess technically I was selling it. It was more just to get rid of some, just so I had it for free. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? How old were you? Probably... Seven, I just got my junior year's permit. So 16. Okay. 16. 17. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much I had was business yeah, was a business investment. Yeah, Got my permit so I can sell more drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and like that came with no rules. Like I got a car and my grandpa got me a car and pretty much. What was your first car? Camaro. Oh, yeah. White? Black. Black. I'm try- I can't picture your. I remember a Camaro.
0: Did you have that all throughout high school?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And like I got my juniors learning from it and it came with no rules, like it was pretty much like I had my full license. That it really was all from there.
0: How did that shift your I guess bad <laughs> bad decisions and bad habits?
1: Oh, it exacerbated them. How uh, so? Because I could go anywhere I want and do anything I want at any time. Like I don't need to walk anywhere, I don't need to ride a bike, I don't need a ride from my dad or my mom, like just describing the benefits of having a car yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah but i just uh put it into selling drugs and doing bad things
0: okay and then so you started i guess hard drugs just by putting coke in your blunts when and when did you actually that that i, I wouldn't say that counts as hard drugs coke well no putting it in a blunt oh, oh no no it. yeah, yeah yeah you're right i was gonna say wow
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot more fun than you might think. Yeah, Joe. damn, holy shit, man! Should have hung out with you more. Um, <laughs> that was the night at Hendy's. So we got okay. we got it to put in a blunt, and uh, they were at Bob, Bobby was the one. I was like, "Yo, let's not put that a on. Let's just snort that shit." Okay, and uh, and we did
0: in Hendy's bathroom. Do you remember when? What party? I feel no. like he always said like, themed parties. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember. Was that. I was a never a part, part of the theme, yeah. theme thing. It was a party at Hendy's. Yes. And who was there? Everyone. No, like who did Coco do it?
1: Oh, oh, God. I know Nick P definitely did. Um, I think Bobby did. <laughs> definitely Gromley. <grumbling>. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. Nothing changes, but um,
0: this is your podcast, not his.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I think that was that's all I remember, pretty much. How
0: how frequently did you start doing it then? At that point.
1: Well, then it was never Woo blunt ever again. You know what I mean? It was always like, let's just do it. But nothing, nothing crazy. Like, where it was an addiction. Like, you know, someone's having a party once in a while. We'd Occasionally, you get, you'd yeah, get we'd a, be, a blow. Yeah, we get into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you like the feeling?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. I guess. uh, I just think it was more of like, yeah, you know, we're doing coke. Like this is cool. Like, I thought it was cool. I, yeah. You know, I don't even remember. Ever remember? St- it was, was more
0: of a status content. rather than exactly. Awesome status to uh, have. You know, doing coke. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a lot. You know, a lot of people do it for that reason. Yeah, exactly. So it was more for like the look. You know. Did you start selling blow too? Yes. At that, like, right around that same time? Uh,
1: yeah, you know, within, I would say within six months to a year.
0: What would, obviously it's different clientele from just high school kids oh, smoking weed.
1: 100%, 100%.
0: Tell me a good story about, or, or a bad story about a uh, Coke deal gone
1: gone the wrong way. I've never really had any go too bad. I mean, in my, my mind it's like, you never sell to a cop, everything's pretty good.
0: Uh-huh. Did you have anybody
1: who got really addicted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that like? At the time, I didn't give a fuck. But looking back on it now, it's like, wow, like, I fucking destroyed that person's life. You know, and it's... I feel guilty about it, you know what I mean? And I hope that they're doing all right. But at the same time, I can't just hold on to that. Like, I did what I did, and I accepted it, and I feel bad for it, but... That person made choices, too. Yeah. I, didn't choice I guess self-reflection
0: is there, you could always say you do things differently, and I'm sure that this wouldn't even be a conversation if you can go back and oh. do it, but like, yeah. is there anything you feel like why you were so willing to get somebody addicted and money. You know, enable them? Money. Straight money.
1: Money. The guy had a lot of money. He owned a funeral home right in Pacho. Like, it was, I, fe- I feel bad. It was fucked up. Like, he would spend, like, six, seven hundred bucks a day. Really? Yeah. I still alive. <laughs> Is he still alive? I, I don't know. I remember one time, I got arrested for something, and I had court, and, like, I didn't want to go to court, because I didn't feel like getting sentenced. I don't even remember what it was for. And, uh, so I, called this guy, and I was like, oh, yo, you want a bag of coke? He's like, I was like, I'll give it to you for free. He's like, yeah. I was like, alright, just print me out a mass card that someone died in Florida. So I go online, look and find someone who died in Florida, got a mask card with the guy's name, picked it up, sent it to my lawyer, sent it to John, and faxed it to John in Florida, had John fax it to my lawyer's office from Florida to show the judge that I was in Florida for a death in the family. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So,
1: so not only not only were you
0: a drug dealer, you were a bit of a con artist as well. <laughs> 100%. Manipulator, liar, piece, all
1: around piece of shit.
0: Uh, I want to get into that, but let's... There's two... Two things I want to touch on before then, since we're just kind of taking this in a chronological order. Hey, Mikey Skolnick. Hey. Um. You punched me in the face when we were seventeen. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. <laughs> why did you, Why did you tell everybody what that would that look like, and that
1: situation? So I mean, we touched on it last night, so it kind of refreshed my memory. Yeah, I definitely thought about it. Um. Because
0: you and I never were, like, we were always friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it doesn't make any sense. Um, I, be, I guess pretty much Bob, Bobby was fighting with someone down by the high school. I want team. to say he
0: was fighting Mio and Alex DeLuca. Is that
1: yeah, yeah, accurate? Yeah, yeah. Alex Luca, and Mio. Yep. And were you fighting them or you were just... No, no, no. They mean? didn't want to fight. Uh, they, I mean, they, they wanted to fight with Bobby. Yeah. You know, it had something to do with the payphone, and Alex Luka kept calling the payphone, and Bobby was like, if anybody else calls his fucking payphone again, like, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, and he called again, and then it was on. It was stupid. It was a stupid fight. Nonsense.
0: I want... I'm touching on this specifically because I think it goes somewhere, but... So then you get involved in the fight, yeah. and then I said something, yeah. I yelled something.
1: But th- there was a reason why I hit you. I needed, I wanted to be suspended, too, and the fight was, like, kind of over. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, this guy's going to get suspended for a week, and it's right before Christmas vacation, so he's going to have all for, like, two and a half weeks. Oh, so you wanted to get in the fight. You are like, Bobby's going to gonna
0: be, Bobby's gonna be suspended, so let me hop in. Pretty much. <laughs> but <laughs> why did you punch me?
1: I'm still, I'm still <laughs> not getting there. I think because the fight was caught pretty much winding down, and then you said, I don't even know what you said, and then I just was like, fuck this guy.
0: <laughs> Boom.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Sorry, Jim.
0: I'm happy, to, uh, I'm happy I was able to get you an ex- extended Christmas vacation.
1: I know, that was great. What did you do, have a Christmas vacation? Oh, smoke, probably smoke weed every day. Probably enable yourself. Yeah, yeah, I remember, this is a funny one, like, I remember when they call, brought me down to the office and stuff, and like, I was like, I'm so sorry, Jim, like, yeah, I was so I, pissed I, off at you. I know, like, I was like, fuck, I'm to get, get stitches. I know, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna get arrested. I was like, damn, yeah, like, <laughs> Jim's not a snitch, though. <laughs> I didn't get arrested. No, you did I wasn't um, calling the cops. Call. I was just like, you're fucking asshole. So, I remember, like, they brought me, Tamora Muscolino, you remember her? Oh yeah, she was. So they brought me in and like they're the really, the really fat principal. Yeah, they, so they called. They fat as <laughs> ass, like, um, so they called my mom and like I don't know where my dad was and like they had me sitting in there with right her and my mom's like, "Why are you suspending him? Like, don't suspend him. This is what he wants. Make him walk the track." And that's when I was just like, "Okay, I gotta go." We just got up and left. And they suspended you. Yeah. Make him walk the track. Fucking idiot. Make him walk. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Make him walk. But the your track. mom was right. Yeah, no She's 100% she, right 100% right <laughs> the, and Muslim, Tomorrow most of just looked at her like What is wrong with you? Like, she didn't get it She didn't get Too, st- She didn't get that I wanted to be suspended Like she didn't understand
0: She didn't realize that it was before break Yeah, and yeah, Now you have two weeks off from school that it's, you did yeah.
1: <laughs> It all worked out It yeah. did Except for the stitches Yeah, well, you're a piece of shit Sorry about that, buddy <laughs> It's all good now
0: so then unfortunately there was a second tragedy yeah not too far after that yeah what happened
1: uh you know so what april seventh, two 2008 senior year of high school um walking out of uh um the uh side you know like the gym doors right where that fight took place okay and uh you know my phone rang and it was my mom my mom's phone number and No, it was my sister's phone number calling me, but my mom on the phone, and I knew something was wrong when I heard my mom on my sister's phone. I just knew something was wrong, and she's like, you know, you need to come home. Like something's wrong with dad. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is wrong? I'm like, oh, he's going to the hospital. Like, and I, I knew. I just knew. What, had he had passed away at that point? I knew it. I knew. It. Yes, he, he was ready. He was. I mean, I guess they didn't say he was dead, but he was. He was dead. And uh, you know, then I was like, well, she's like, you need to come home. And I'm like, well, I'm not fucking coming home. Like fuck that. Like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to see all of this, non- this bullshit. You, know, you I knew it. And then literally like two seconds later, my brother called me and he's like, you need to come home. I'm like, dad's really sick. But I'm like, well, is he dead? And he's like, yeah, I think so. What happened? Uh, he had a heart attack. It was, it's called um, arthrosclerotic heart disease. A piece of plaque breaks up your artery wall. And it's pretty much... A widow that's what they call it, like you're dead.
0: Yeah, did he, was this undiagnosed?
1: Yeah, he never. He would never go to the doctor. Just completely random? Completely random, could happen to anybody.
0: You said he sold
1: drugs, did he use drugs? Other than uh, sw- no, just smoked weed. So it wasn't drug-induced or anything? Nope, because that was my immediate for it, first thought. But they ran drug tests on him. Your first thought was he did drugs? Yeah, I thought maybe he did coke or something, and that I didn't know about at the time. Because I know he would sell it sometimes. But now, medical examiner, toxicology results, clean. It was just it's a, like one primary cause of death was that heartburn. And that's when everything really changed.
0: Right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, have a, I remember actually very vividly the events right after. Why don't you, from your point, from your perspective, how did you deal with it?
1: Well, the, the, so that, I didn't go home after that for a while. and Go I, home
0: as to his house?
1: Yeah. I, I went to Gromlin's right after. You know, Hendy was there. I don't, it was kind of, it's like kind of like a blur. I know I went to Gromlings, I don't remember, I'm pretty sure Hendy was there. I don't know exactly who was there. Actually, no, first I went and parked behind uh, huh. which is now Rite Aid. Rite Aid. And um, like, I was like, I, know, I remember I had my T-tops off in the Camaro and I was just like shocked. And I called, I called Hendy. And I told him... He was the first person you called? Yeah. And I told him, and he was like, where are you? Like, we're coming there right now. And they came there, and somebody drove my car back, and we went to Eric's house. And, you know, I was kind—I of, was just in shock. I wasn't crying yet. Like, I was just... I, I wasn't... I never really even cried about it until years later. You know, and... Yeah, I just went to Eric's, and then eventually my fucking... My, they were just calling me and calling me my mom my brother sister and like I wouldn't answer and eventually they like came to Eric's house I don't know I guess they saw my car they went to where they thought I would be and they uh, saw my car were you fucked up at that point? weed smoking weed probably a lot of weed and
0: you know was that immediately how you dealt with it? yes it was looking back let on me, it it's like let me just get high the second anytime, I hear this.
1: yeah anytime there was bad news or something that didn't go my way it would always be some sort of substance that I would turn to you know what I mean and I think you look at the time I was like oh this is just weed but looking back on it a drug is a drug it's mm-hmm. a drug it doesn't matter yeah it's, you're doing this to escape t- you're just
0: coping with it yeah and how long before you kind of address like before you like dealt with that? That, yeah before you had that moment where it was like oh my god my, my dad just passed
1: away Seven years. Really? Yeah, uh, a little more than seven years. But what about an immediate? No, nah.
0: nope. Because I recall, two, three days later, you went to. We were all at a baseball game. You remember that? Where? Sable. It was no like a Sable high school game, and a bunch of us were watching it, and you just showed up, and it was the next day, the day after. It was very soon.
1: Yeah, it was put it behind me as quick as yeah.
0: Possible. I, and you were just no fine. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. That's, that's, I vividly remember just like, yeah. holy shit, his dad just died and you were just like, fine.
1: Yeah. It, that was deflecting. You know, put just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. So I would say at this point, <laughs> the bottle was getting shaken you know? up. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, it's like, not gonna explode yet. Just dropped
0: it's, a two liter and you're just, it's yeah. all fucking ready to pop. Yeah. So... Then, you know, we move forward to graduate. What do you do after we graduate high school? Nothing.
1: I mean, I went to Suffolk. Did you go? Or like No. You, you I mean, I would sold, you know, yeah. just, I guess, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to college. But no, I never really put any effort into it, ever smoked weed before every class. Didn't ever did nothing, like, last second doing the homework, 20 minutes before class in the parking lot. And what were you doing to make money? Selling gold. So you were strictly coke Yeah because you know, When my dad died It was pretty much like Wow If I thought I had No supervision Before he died Now I have no supervision I have money I have a house
0: Did you get money From him passing? Yeah Like that kind of money? Yeah,
1: no, Nothing Absolutely crazy uh-huh. But When you're 17, 18 8, 17 years old It's a lot of money Yeah to How much did you get? I'd rather not say Okay
0: All right, at this point, the phone cut off that I was recording on, so it gets a little weird, and we skip, I think, about two minutes before I realized it, so then we go back into it and it's a little choppy, but um, this is just a little narration of what's to come, and we'll probably go another 15 minutes, and then that will be the end of part one, so enjoy.
1: So, So I was pretty much just selling coke every day and smoking weed. And then eventually, it switched to selling oxycodone.
0: What's the time frame from when you were only selling coke and then to oxycodone?
1: It was, I would say, within six months to a year. Okay,
0: it was quick. Yeah, and it was just. So now you're about a year out of high school, and you're full blown selling. A lot of
1: pills. A lot of like a lot. I hate when people are like, oh, you know, I just sold drugs. I hate. You know, that's where people's egos come in. Yeah. But I was looking back on it, like I was, I could have been in a lot of trouble.
0: And what was, what was your life like at this point?
1: Uh, At the time, I thought it was great.
0: Where were you living?
1: Still on Broadway.
0: In the basement of your dad's house. Yeah,
1: I don't know which part of the house I was in at that time, but yeah.
0: And so there there was a trend. So let's just talk about your living situation, like just on a day-to-day. It was fucked up. So you lived in a first. You lived in a dark basement. Yes. How often do you come out and see daylight?
1: Uh, I usually would like sleep well, sleep a lot, and then you know, my phone would be blowing up for bills, and I'd eventually get up, you know, go get Starbucks, (laughs) chill, do whatever I wanted, and then meet up with people.
0: And that were you you were meeting up with them, or they were coming to your house?
1: It really depended on the day. You know, that was so stupid of me to meet them at my house because that eventually became my downfall. The whole thing was just my downfall, but at the time. But yeah, I would meet them, or they would, I would meet them, or they would come to me yeah.
0: And how how much like normal interaction were you having with people that
1: weren't addicted to at, pills? At that time, I was still hanging out with everybody. I was. I I mean, I very time. very few people knew. Like, I mean, I'm sure everybody knew I was selling drugs, but to the level of what it was, few people. I mean, I think yeah. to where it really was. John was definitely one of them who knew what was going on. Um, Nick P definitely knew how big, it, how big it was. Um, who else? I think maybe Grammau knew.
0: But not, you were, this, you're still go, going to parties, you're still... Yeah, every, I'm of, still out. I'm still, still out, yeah, like,
1: socializing. Yeah, drinking, you know, I'm drinking was never my thing to begin with. Like, yeah, you I, could probably think of, on your hands, how many times you saw me absolutely bomb. Yeah, I've never... I, drinking was never my thing, I was... Too much liquids. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was always weed or yeah, something else.
0: Well, when you were partying, I feel like I don't even remember you as like a a or anything. No, when you were partying, it was I feel like it was always weed.
1: Smoking weed, I would have a couple drinks, but I always had to be mobile. I always yeah. had to be able to go uh-huh. if I had to. It didn't really stop me whether I was fucked up or not. But, yeah,
0: yeah. Were you paranoid at this
1: point of your life? Very. I was, it's always like looking over your shoulder, is today going to be the day?
0: How was it, yeah, how was it living like that?
1: It fucking sucks. It sucks. Like it's like Is this the time, is this the one person that's setting me up that got arrested and now they're trying to get me in trouble, like it sucks, it fucking sucks.
0: So you're living in this dark basement and we used to come over and hang out and drink and smoke. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just move upstairs. Why did you? Why did you just
1: randomly move upstairs? I don't know. Just, oh, because my brother moved out. Because me and my brother weren't talking at that time.
0: But living in the same house, yes. You were in the basement. He was, he
1: was upstairs. Why weren't you talking? Because he just knew. He knew what I was doing. Uh-huh. And he was like, like you. It's. It was fine. when We were just selling like a little bit of coke and everything. But now you're like out of control. And like you're gonna get arrested, like you're gonna go to jail, and he just wasn't for it. He was always very straight laced, my brother. He still is to this day. Really good job, makes a lot of money.
0: What's your relationship like with your brother?
1: We're good. You know, it wasn't like that until I got clean and sober.
0: And he always just he, Yeah he, he did not agree with your life. Yeah, he while. wasn't gonna
1: enable me. What yeah. about with your sister? She's there she was there well, she was fucked up herself, but she was selling coke herself. So we were always you know, she was always there, no matter what. No matter what I've done, I might get mad at her and fucking and she's loud and argumentative. But no matter what I did, she
0: was always. Always. You were consistently close with her. Always, yeah. Do you feel like you guys kind of related to each other in a lot of ways? Yeah, it was
1: it was like a codependent relationship. To be honest, looking back, being with hindsight, being twenty twenty, you depended on her. She
0: depended on you. Yeah. And then I guess when it came to like illicit and illegal activities, did do you feel like she enabled you?
1: Of course, of course, but uh, it was always, no matter what, I always knew she had my back no matter what, and she knew that I would come through with a fucking axe and axe somebody for her.
0: Was there the back any back. instances where she got herself into some shit where you had to actually come through and, and quote unquote axe somebody?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, nothing really sticks out okay. to me.
0: Just more or less you're... Your presence,
1: or just know yeah, she, her, knowing she, that you she, know and, she needed you. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's also I know I need her because she's yeah. she's, uh, she's I think she's clinically insane. She's literally crazy. Like she does does not think twice about fucking doing anything.
0: The times I've met your sister, I've always thought that she was tougher than you. <laughs> uh, that's an accurate statement. <laughs> and you're not a and you're not a <laughs> pussy, Joe. No,
1: she's. I am. though I, re, I tr- truly am. What do you mean by that? I, am, I have, like, a bully mentality.
0: Have you ever been, conf- like, some most bullies are like that and then they get confronted. Have Did anybody Oh, ever... no, I always
1: act. Yeah. You know, but I didn't, never what wanted to. Saying? I was always scared to. Yeah. I, like, I would always get, like, a little shake. Like, I wouldn't shake and I wouldn't want to.
0: You felt like the facade had to be that Joe was the tough guy. Yeah, it had
1: to be maintained. It had to And be you would
0: maintain it, but deep, I didn't. deep down you were. I was
1: scared and didn't want to.
0: Where do you think that comes from? King baby syndrome. <laughs> Back my, to it's, king it's baby. It's my ego.
1: It's my ego is sky fucking high, higher than this beautiful blue sky. But my self-esteem is lower than this fucking shit sand. What, why do you think you developed that way? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I've worked on it immensely. I don't know. It's It's better. It's getting better. But it's like... My ego is always sky high, and I don't know why. It's crazy.
0: Were you, I guess, growing up, were, did your parents put you on a pedestal? Oh, I was the baby. Yeah, I really like, could do no wrong. Compared to your siblings? Yeah,
1: I were, always could do no wrong. Like, oh, Joe wants, it's, and it's still kind of like this this day. My brother and sister always say, Joe could do whatever, do no wrong and get whatever he wants. No matter what he does, Joe's in jail. Oh, we need to get Joe everything. Oh, Joe's out of jail. Oh, we need to get him everything. You know, I literally could do no wrong. Which was insane. Sounds like that. Yeah. You know, it was detrimental to everything. Because I knew no matter what I did wrong, man, they'd, they'd be mad at me for a little bit. But at the end of the day, I could always yeah. weasel my way out of it and be, I'm the baby. Yep. I could do no wrong. No I could relate to that. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's great being born last it's very nice to be born last, but it comes with some baggage, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, there was definitely a transition, which we kind of, from my, you know, from an outsider's perspective looking in, yeah. I think that, moving upstairs is a turning point for you. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, definitely. When I moved upstairs, that was like...
0: What? You know, then there's a really fucked up part about all this. Why don't you tell people where, which room in the house he fucking oh, moved into? Oh, into my dad's room, which still had his shit in there. Yeah, right? which
1: is, I don't know what. I, I it's crazy. I don't what know. was the point of that? I don't know.
0: Was that like it's a co- was that a was that a coping mechanism? You
1: think? Uh, looking back, yeah. I mean, sh- probably. Maybe like un- I mean, uh, maybe like a, subconsciously. Yeah, subconsciously. Because at the time, I just thought, you know, it's the biggest room. I want that room. You know, but it, thinking back on it, and I never really thought back on that choice ever, which is crazy, until just now, after all the counseling and fucking everything, I've never thought back on that.
0: I mean, that seems like, that's like a physical manifestation of your existence, right? You're selling pills, you're, but you're still going out, you're still partying, and then you show up one day in the basement and nobody's there, nothing's down there. Actually, it was a mess, I remember. Yeah. And you you're sure? like, no, I'm upstairs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And within 12 months, your life fucking got
1: horrible. Yeah. Because I remember I fucking, I tried one of those pills and it was like, I tried one of those pills and it was fucking, everything was great. How long did, you, did it take you to
0: try a pill after you sold them?
1: A while, probably like a year, maybe a little longer. But I was like, what is all this hype about? People are literally people will fucking s- rob from their family to pawn something to s- give me money. And I was just intrigued by it. Because at that point, I was like, I'll never, I would never steal my mom's jewelry. I would never do this. I ended up doing all that. All, that, all, that, all,
0: that. all right. And that concludes part one of the Joe Fernandez podcast. I will be releasing part two Saturday, March 30th. Stay tuned.